and start with the scripture. So we're going to read from the book of Mark tonight, chapter 12. And we're just going to read a few verses starting at verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury. And behold, how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than they all which have cast into the treasury. For they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all of her living. And this evening I'm going to preach for you a message that I've given the title when I get to the end of myself. The end of yourself is a place where you no longer rely on yourself. You don't rely on your strength, your ability, your resources. It's not what you can do or what you have in your hands or even what you can control. The end of it yourself is a place where you abandon yourself, your future, your goals, your efforts, your desires, your resources and your destiny into the hands of the one who can only start to work when you get to the end of yourself. We heard this morning in our preaching that we need to make up our minds. We need to be fully committed, fully persuaded. We need to press forward, no turning back. Don't give up, burn the ships. And that's what happens. That's what we do when we get to the end of ourselves. When we get to the end of ourselves, we're determined that we can only go forward and we can burn the ships that are behind us. And tonight we sung that song, Anything is possible. Anything is possible with God. So what's the problem? If anything is possible for God, and we heard through the tongues and interpretation message, we have been filled with God's spirit. God's spirit, his power lives inside us. But many times we don't walk in that power. We don't live in that power. If there's no limit to what God can do, but I'm limited, what's the problem? It's not God, it's me. And I need to get to the end of myself. And in our passage this morning, we read about a widow. She had no one to rely upon. She was a widow. She had no one to help her to meet her earthly needs. There was no second income coming into her household. She had no extra margin. She got to the end of her ability to rely on other people. And scripture says that she was poor. She was a beggar and a pauper. Her two mites, they practically amounted to nothing. The word mite in the Greek is just translated in a word that means small. A mite was worth about one-fifth of a cent. It was the least value of all the Greek coins. It was virtually worthless. It had no purpose. There was probably so very little she could do with two mites. So she was poverty-stricken, but she gave to God from her lack. She knew she had nothing, and she got to the end of her ability to rely on her financial resources. Truth of the matter is that many gave more in real terms. She gave of her want, she gave out of her need, and she gave what she didn't have to give in the first place. She gave of her lack. She had two coins, but she gave them both. 
And we wouldn't have really held her accountable if she'd put in one and then held one back for her own needs. We might have even said, well, that was sensible because you might need that one mite to buy your lunch. And we might have said to her, don't make your lack somehow my problem. We might have encouraged her and said that was wise to hold back her one mite. But she didn't. She cast it all in. But Jesus said about her that she gave more than all of them put together. She gave till she ran out of her own resources. And we're not talking here this evening about the giving of money. This is not a dig into your pockets sermon. This is, I'll leave that to pastor. This, this is a give of yourself to God sermon. We have so many things that we're able to give to the Lord and the work of the Lord. We can give our time. We can give our effort, we can give our service and our work to the Lord, but we can give our service and our work to each other, to the people of God and to the lost out in the world. There is no limit to the work that needs to be done in God's kingdom. The giving in this passage was monetary, but it represents for us something so much deeper. This woman gave till there was nothing left to give. She gave because she got to the end of herself and she gave sacrificially. The value of the gift is, what does it cost the giver? The measure of our giving is, what does it cost me to give it? She gave it all. It cost her everything. She got to the end of her desire to hold something back for herself in reserve. She cast it in. That's what scripture says about her. She threw it in. She let it go. She didn't sort of hold it back a little bit and just kind of think, oh, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. She wasn't double-minded about it. She cast it in. She let it go with enthusiasm and force. This wasn't a passive, if I have to, offering. Many other people cast in much, but they had abundance. They could cast so much more freely than her because it wasn't their last coin. They had an abundance. They weren't worried about their next meal. They weren't worried about how they were going to pay their next bill. They weren't worried about what comfortable place they were going to sleep in tonight. But this woman, she got to the end of trying to control her giving. She got to the end of trying to control her effort and she just gave it all. She abandoned herself into the hands of God. And that's what Jesus took notice of. He was sitting over by the treasury. He was being purposeful and he was watching. Jesus was deliberately watching who gave and he saw how much. He was watching and taking notice, not so much of the monetary value, but of the heart and the motive in the giving. He saw those who gave without even a second thought, without even a second glance. And then he saw this woman who gave it all. The value of her offering, it wasn't the monetary value of what she gave, but the fact that she got to the end of herself and she gave it all. And many times we can have the mentality, I will give more to the work of God and to God himself when I have more. When I have more money, I will give more. When I have a better job, then I will give more. When I have more time, when I have more resources, when I've pursued my own life plans, when I've sorted out my own life, when I've sorted out my goals, my plans, my purposes, when I've done all of those things, when my ducks are all in a row and everything for me is smooth sailing, then I'll invest in the kingdom. Then I will pray more consistently. 
then my attendance will be more committed. Then I'm going to start to serve and work and I will volunteer myself in the kingdom. When I get more skilled, maybe we think that, well, I don't have enough skills, I don't have enough resources. So we go on with excuses about why we can't and why we can't do it today. We make excuses for ourselves. We excuse our lack of effort, our lack of commitment, and we excuse the poverty of what we offer God. When we say, if only I had a better opportunity, and we excuse away our own lack of effort. But this woman, she was the only one who gave what she didn't have to give. The rich gave of what they didn't really need anyway, but she gave of her lack She gave when she didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow, when she had nothing else to rely on. But that's what Jesus takes notice of. He notices when we give and we've got nothing left. When we give not what we will never miss, but what actually really costs us. When you have so little, but you give anyway. When you have so little time, but you say, God, you can have what little I've got left You have so little energy, but you push through and you say, God, I will use whatever energy I have for your kingdom. When you have so little talent, but you say, God, you can use what little talent I have and you can turn it into something that will make a difference in your kingdom because it doesn't matter how little talent you have. It doesn't matter what you can't do. If you lay it at the feet of the Lord and you get to the other side of yourself, then God will help you. This woman, she said, God, what I have is so little, but I'll offer it to you in its entirety. Nothing held back, nothing in reserve. She didn't have much, but she gave sacrificially, and that's what pleased the Lord. This little old lady, she changed the mindset of I'll give when I have more to give. She challenges our idea of what we actually have that we can give to God. She could have cried out, I will give more if I could, but today I can't. She could have given all the reasons why she couldn't give, but instead she got to the end of herself and she gave it all. She abandoned herself, her thoughts, her self-interest. She abandoned it all. And God is speaking to some of us here this evening in this church, some of us who are thinking, I don't have much talent. I don't have much time. I don't have much strength. I don't have much ability. I don't have much anointing. My resources are limited. My strength is low. I'm in a bad life phase and I'm surrounded by difficult circumstances. My confidence is low. I feel so inadequate. What is the little that I have among so great a need? Others around me have so much more to give, God. So I'll just hold what I have back and keep it for myself. But God is saying to us today, it is time to get to the end of yourself. It is time to abandon yourself, your opinions, what you think matters. It's time to cast it all before the Lord. It is time to take whatever few mites you have left and give them into the work of the Lord. Throw them down. Don't hold them back. It is time to step off the bridge of shore and certain safe and comfortable and abandon yourself into the work of God because it is time that we get to the end of ourselves. Those who are at the end of themselves realize one thing, it's not about me. None of it is about me. We don't glory 
in ourselves, we glory in the cross. And that's what the Apostle Paul said to the Galatian church. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of Jesus Christ. And we can spend so many years saying, I'm not going to preach, I'm not going to talk, I'm not going to get involved in Sunday school, I'm not going to serve in any church ministry or any church capacity. But something needs to happen to us. We need to get to the end of ourselves and say, God, if you can use anyone, then you can use me. We need some courage to get to the end of ourselves, courage to step out of what is comfortable, courage to say my faith is going to be greater than my fear, courage that says, Lord, if you can use anyone, use me. Here I am and here I stand, God. I have fear, but at the end of myself, I'm going to allow my courage to be greater than my fear. We need to get to the end of what we can do, what we can plan, organize and arrange, what we can create, construct or convene with our own abilities because after all even what we think might be the best we can come up with is so nothing in the eyes of God and what he can do we can glory in our lack of ability we hold that up in front of us and we say I can't and we focus on it and we follow it and we think of all the things we can't do and all the reasons why we can't do it and we follow after that and we glory in our lack of ability To be prayerless is to glory in ourselves because what we are really saying to God is, I don't need you today, God. I don't need your help. I don't need your anointing across my life. I've got this. I can do it on my own. But those people who are at the end of themselves are on their faces before God calling out, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. The mountains are too high and the valleys are too wide. Those of us at the end of ourselves acknowledge, I need you, God. I can't do anything without you. We need to realize that we can't do anything without God. We need to get to the end of ourselves and realize that this world holds no attraction for us anymore. We want to desire Jesus more than we desire anything else. His presence, his anointing, his will, his plans, his direction his revival, and his renewal. It's time to stop focusing on ourselves. It's time to stop focusing on our talent, what we can or what we can't do. We spend so much time focusing on our lack that we don't do anything at all. But the person who gets to the end of themselves realizes none of this is about me. It's about you, God. It's about your kingdom. It's about giving you, God, my everything. It's about saying to God, just use whatever you can in me, God. I'm at the end of myself. I have nothing more of myself to give, but I hold nothing back. That's the goal. We want to get to the end of our lives, the end of our usefulness for God and say, I have nothing left to give, but I held nothing back from God. I gave him my everything. I gave him all that I could, everything I could do, every effort. Every time I could pray, I prayed. Every time I could worship, I worshiped. Every time I could be in the house of God, that's where I was. Every time I could declare the name of the Lord to someone, I was doing it. We want to get there and say, I didn't hold it back, God. I did all that I could. But we acknowledge that my two mites, whatever I might have, it's nothing. It might be practically valueless. But God notices when we give it freely. My ability 
is nothing. My innate talent is low. It's at the low end of the talent scale. But here I am, God. That's what we want to cry out across this church this morning, here I, this evening. Here I am, God. I am willing to abandon myself, my all, my two mites, my last breath, all my strength, all of my just in case I might need them later resources. Those are the ones that we need to give to God and we need to say, here I am and here I stand. I'm relying on you, God, because I cannot rely upon myself because I have reached the end of myself. We want to cry out to God, pour your anointing over my lack I would rather have anointing than talent. And I'd rather have people with anointing on my team than the talented. And the truth of the matter is we don't need what God has not given us. If there's some kind of talent you think you need to do the ministry for God that he's called you to, you're wrong. Because if God wanted you to have that talent, he would have given it to you. So if God has called you, you just need to say, yes, Lord. I'm at the end of myself, but I will say yes. God. Scripture is full of examples of people who got to the end of themselves. Just think about the woman with the issue of blood. Consider her. Scripture says that she had a bleeding issue for 12 years. She was ceremonially and socially unclean. She had lived under that significant burden for 12 years. According to Jewish tradition, everyone she touched would become unclean. So she couldn't participate in any type of Jewish worship. She couldn't come to church. She was divorced from her husband. She couldn't live at home. She couldn't go out and see her friends, go out for lunch, have a coffee date. She couldn't. She couldn't do any of those things. She couldn't even go into the women's court in the temple for 12 years. She'd seen every doctor, had every treatment, Spent all the money she had, but she only got worse. But when she heard about Jesus, she was desperate enough to push from behind, to push through the crowd to touch Jesus, because even though she knew she was unclean, she knew that she would be condemned, but she pressed through anyway. Why? Because she was already at the end of herself. She was there. She knew she had no other options. She had no other resources, nothing else to rely on. She was out of ideas. She was out of money. She was out of hope. She was out of energy. And she was cast out of society. But if this lady had lived in Australia in the year 2022, she would have been medically managed. She would have been offered medical management to stop her issue. And she would have had all sorts of treatment to get rid of the symptoms and the physical impact upon her body. The overwhelming fatigue would have been managed and she would have been functional. And if medical management had failed her, she would have been offered surgical management and her issue would have been sorted out because an issue of blood for 12 years is unacceptable in Australia in 2022. So she wouldn't have needed to get to the end of herself because someone would have managed it for her. And many times that is the problem with us and our society. We don't need to get to the end of ourselves because there's so many other things that we can rely on. But we see a woman with a desperation for a touch from God because Jesus was her only hope. He was her last hope because she was at the end of herself. Just think about Job. That's a man who got to the end of himself. Many are familiar with the story about Job. 
He was a perfect man. He was upright and he feared God. He didn't actually do anything wrong to deserve all the challenges and trials that came upon his life. But everything was stripped away from him. Everything he owned and held dear, everything he loved and relied on, everything that he could cling to and feel secure in, his children, his property, his wealth, his earthly possessions, his riches, his good name, and his health. Gone. Really fast. Just all of it. Gone. But despite that, Job had a great confidence. And all through the book of Job, we can read so many things that he said, which to us are unfathomable with They were inconsistent with his circumstances that were so dire, yet his faith in God was so great. And we're just going to read a couple of verses there in Job 23, verse 8. This is what he said, Behold, I go forward. He was looking for God. He was trying to understand his circumstances. He was trying to understand how did I end up in such a situation. Behold, I go forward and he's not there. And backward and I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he does work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on his right hand that I cannot see him, but he knoweth the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. God seems so distant and so far away from Job. He couldn't find God in all the usual places. And we can feel like that sometimes too. We can't find God in our prayer closets. We try to call out to God, but we don't seem to be able to find him. Maybe we can't find God in our church altar. And maybe when we read the word of God, it's just not jumping off the page. And we wonder where God has gone. And God seems so distant from us. But Job held on to one indisputable fact. He knows the way that I take. Job in his crisis clung to the fact that God was still in control. And we can take that same confidence too this evening. We might not know where God is. We might not fully understand the circumstances of our lives. We might not know what is happening to us or what God is doing. But we can have this confidence tonight that God knows the way that I take. He knows where we are. God knows what is happening to us. He sees us and even if God seems distant and all the circumstances are stacked up against you and none of it makes sense when we get to the end of ourselves see that's what happened to Job he was at the end of himself and nothing made sense but I'm here to tell you tonight it doesn't matter what you see in front of you or what is behind you. It doesn't matter what you see on the left or what you see on the right because Job cried out to God, I can't find you, God. I don't know where you've gone. You don't seem to be in front and you don't seem to be behind. I can't see you on the left and I can't see you on the right, but there is one thing I do know that you know the way that I take because Job was at the end of himself. He said, it doesn't matter what I think or what I feel. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I have or what I think I've lost. It doesn't matter if I can see God. If I can't, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him that God knows the way that I take. And Job said other powerful things like, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Job was telling us that my trust in God is not dependent on what I see or feel or what I own. My trust in God is dependent on the fact that God is God. 
And that's what it comes down to. My trust in God is not about me. It's not what I perceive with my senses. It's not what I can feel or what I can see or what I can hear or even what I can touch. It's about what I believe and what I have trust in. My perception, it's irrelevant to the facts because God is still God. I'm going to trust God because he is God. I'm going to keep walking in the paths of righteousness. I'm going to keep going according to God's word. I'm going to walk in what I know to be true, even when everything around me seems to be falling apart or inconsistent with that truth. We need to keep going. We heard that this morning. We just need to keep going. And we need to have the confidence in the fact that we will come forth as gold because that's what Job had great confidence in. When I have endured until the end, when I have determined that despite my circumstances and despite myself, despite how I feel, I'm going to keep going forward. I'm going to sail on. I'm going to endure and I will not turn back. That's the kind of confidence we need to have like Job. And think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus got to the end of himself. He knew what was going to happen on that cross But Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. He prayed and said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus knew that he was coming very close to the end of himself and that it was going to be hard. And people at the end of themselves need to pray that same prayer. Nevertheless, not my will but thine. That's what we need to say. And if there was ever a time to say, not my will, but thine, it is now. If there was ever a time to get to the end of yourself, it is now because Jesus is coming soon. Just look at the world that we live in. Good is going to be evil and evil is going to be good. We're seeing it. We're seeing the wars. We're seeing the rumors of wars. We're seeing the pestilences. We're seeing the winding up of the end time. So if there was ever a time to put yourself aside and say, God, if you can use anyone, use me. If there was ever a time to get to the end of yourself, it is now. This is not the time to prioritize your life goals. I'm not telling you this evening to drop out of school or quit work and make no plans for the future, but we need to watch and pray. We need to be careful and cautious, and we don't want to allow our will to distract us from God's will. The widow with her two mites, she got to the end of her resources. The woman with the issue of blood, she came to the end of her own efforts. She came to the end of the doctor's treatment. She came to the end of worldly experience and human wisdom. She came to the end of her ability to tolerate what she had to deal with and then she got desperate. She became desperate for a touch from God. Jesus got to the end of himself and he saved us from our sins. He yielded it all on the cross. He, Job, he got to the end of his understanding of what was happening in his world, but he still knew that God was God. Because God is the God of the turnaround, what can look like the end can just be the beginning. That poor widow looked like she had nothing left, but she had something of greatest value. She had the attention of the king of kings. Job looked like he had lost it all, but he was right in the will of God. The woman with the issue of blood, well, she had nothing left to lose. And Jesus looked like it was all over when he was crucified on the cross. But truth was, it was just beginning. 
because God is the God of the turnaround. There can be uncertainty at the end of ourselves. We need to yield what I cannot control, manage and hold on to. It's not comfortable getting to the end of yourself. It's not comfortable going from the known into the unknown. It's not comfortable going from safe and certain to unsure. There's nothing comfortable about it. And we live in a country of privilege. We do. When we lose our jobs, our children won't go hungry. When we get to the end of our health, there's a health system. If we're homeless, there are shelters. If we're falsely accused, there's all sorts of things to help us and legal aid. And if we've got any sorts of trouble, our society can step in and our emergency services can sort out all sorts of problems. And if you were the woman with the issue of blood in 2022, you would not have needed to get desperate for God. And that is the problem with our society. We're so self-reliant. We rely on ourselves. We rely on our society, our government and our systems We don't even realise we're not even close to the end of ourselves because we're so self-reliant. We don't get to the end of ourselves because we rely so much on ourselves, on our emotions, our preferences, and we don't even consider what is the will of God. But some countries don't have that privilege. They're already at the end of themselves. They cannot rely on their country or their society or their governments. But that's why they see the miraculous because those people, when they have a desperate situation, they're already at the end of themselves. They have nowhere else to turn. So they turn to God and God comes through for them. So that's my question tonight. How are we going to go when everything is stripped away? when our routines, our comforts, our convenience and the things that we rely on, time is winding down. We are getting close to the end where good will be evil and evil will be good. That is the generation that we're living in. We are living in end times. Just think about that. When you've got no job and you can't buy and sell, when you have no guarantee of tomorrow and you don't know where your next meal is coming from, the things that at one time seemed so certain are now uncertain, the things that we thought were guaranteed, our freedom, our rights, our safety, our provision is all stripped away. When the coffee's bad and we're hungry, what are we going to do then? When it's just you and God, when we're truly at the end of ourselves, And that's a sobering thought. But if we can't be inconvenienced now, how are we going to go then? If we can't be faithful now, how are we going to go then? If we can't give what we have to God now, how are we going to go when it gets harder? If we can't find the face of God in prayer now, how are we going to go then? If we can't find the peace of God in our storms now, what is going to happen to us? We need to be seriously concerned about what is coming and our response to God because God is calling us to get to the end of ourselves. God is not comparing us to each other. That's not the point. God doesn't have a yardstick to measure each of our giving or our service. It's not who prays the most hours. It's not who worships the most exuberantly. It's not who arrives at church the earliest and stays the longest. It's none of those things. It's who yields themselves unconditionally to the work of God. It's who gives their all to the Lord. It's who is at the end of themselves where we give not of our abundance, but out of our lack, where we give 
when we've got nothing else to give. We give when we're uncertain that we're going to have enough left for ourselves. That's what Jesus is looking for and that's where we need to get to the end of ourselves. God will use you based on your sold out choices. He will use you when you get to the end of yourself. You just got to be willing to get there. And God knows because he's watching us. He's sitting over by the treasury watching. He knows what we do and what we don't do. He knows how we live, how we hold back, how we spend our time, how willing we are to give, how much we could do that we don't do, how self-absorbed and preoccupied we are with all of the things round about us. But one day, very soon, all of the things that we focus on and that take our time and our attention, they're not going to matter at all. Not a one little bit are they going to matter because the Lord is going to come back in the clouds and all of those things that we stressed out over and we worried about and we strove after and we tried for and we gave all of our life energy to, we're going to say, why did I care so much about those things? We're going to wonder why. God is not looking for someone willing to hold back their two mites or someone who's just giving of their abundance. God is looking across this church for whoever is willing to get to the end of themselves. Jesus isn't looking for someone who's always counting the cost, but someone who just wants to abandon themselves into the will of God. People who get to the end of themselves have one thing in common. They trust God with their all. They trust God who sees the end from the beginning. We trust that God sees us even when we don't see him. We trust that even when we can't see it, he's still working. We trust God that the challenges in our lives are working for our good. We trust that when he has tried me, I'm going to come forth as gold. And we need to predetermine that we're going to trust God before all the bad stuff happens. If we predetermine now, I'm going to trust you, God. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. It doesn't matter what happens in my society. It doesn't matter how hard everything gets. It doesn't matter what they say I can't do and what they say I can do. I'm going to fix my eyes on you, Jesus, and I am going to trust you. But we need to determine that now. We need to determine while we still can, while we have the fellowship of the church, while we have conferences while we have worship while we have each other to be an encouragement we need to determine now I'm going to trust God no matter what happens in my life whatever happens in my life I'm going to trust you God that is what being at the end of yourself is really about it's about trusting God and not trusting in yourself it's trusting God even when there's nothing left in me I will trust in you God The scripture in Psalms says to us, trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your hearts before him, for God is a refuge for us. God is our refuge and our strength. He will never fail us. He will never forsake us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to abandon anyone who gets to the end of themselves. God is not going to just let you sink and fall and flop into the abyss of nothingness. God is going to hold you up. God is going to be there. We just need to trust in him at all times. We need to trust him in the good times. We need to trust him in the best and the worst of times. We need to say, I'm at the end of myself, but I'm going to trust in you, God. I'm going to abandon myself to you, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you, God. That's
That's what we need to cry out across this church tonight. I will trust you, God. I will trust you despite my circumstances, despite the challenges of my life, despite what I see and what I can't see, despite what is on the left and what is on the right, despite what is happening in my life, despite what is happening in the world, despite what is happening, I'm going to trust you, God. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my future. I trust you into the unknown. I trust you when I am afraid. I trust you when my life is hard. I trust you when I cannot see the path on which I walk. I trust you, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to have courage. And I'm going to get to the end of myself. That's what we need to determine tonight. And many of you probably feel like this next scripture in 2 Corinthians. We are troubled on every side. Sometimes we are. Life can be hard. Yet we're not distressed. We are perplexed. We don't understand, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. And I want to encourage the church tonight. This could be our reality. We are troubled, but we are not distressed. Even if we're perplexed, we don't need to be in despair. Many of us are troubled on every side because that is just part of the human condition. Trouble is real. We can be pressed, afflicted, abandoned. We can feel like we're at a loss. We can have no resources, no extra margin, no strength, no talent or no particular abilities. But I'm here to tell you this evening, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you can and can't do. It doesn't matter what your struggles are, what your struggles were, or even what your struggles are going to be in the future. You can still get to the end of yourself. We can be troubled on every side, but we don't need to be distressed. I'm sure that widow with her two mites felt a bit perplexed about how little she had, but she wasn't in despair. The woman with the issue of blood, she was cast down on every side by everyone. She was physically, socially, emotionally cast down, but she was not destroyed. Jesus was persecuted, but he was not forsaken. Jesus was, Job was completely troubled on every corner of his life, yet he chose to trust in the reality of God. And we need to remember too that maybe that's why life circumstances come at us. Maybe God allows our trials and our challenges and our difficulties to push us to the end of ourselves because we don't want to go there willingly. God wants to push us out of our self-reliance and bring us to a situation where we can't rely on ourselves and we just have to lift our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help and cry out, help me God. Help me, God. Help me, God. God wants to push us out of our own self-reliance and into a place where we yield our will to God. But the truth of the matter is, there's not nothing at the end of yourself. It's not an abyss off the edge into nothingness. It is scary stepping out of the safe and the sure and the certain of our self-reliance. When we rely on ourselves, it can feel quite secure because we know what we can and what we can't do. But when we step out of that, it can feel very scary. But the truth of the matter is, that's where God will step in. That's where God is. He's over the edge of sure and certain. That's where God is. He's on the other side of relying on ourselves. 
There's yielding at the end of ourselves. That's what Jesus showed us. Not my will, but thine be done. There's confidence in God at the end of myself. And we learned that from Job. Because Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's pretty much over the edge of relying on yourself. Though you slay me, God, I'm going to trust you. There's trust at the end of ourselves. And it doesn't matter how hard my life has been or how hard my life is. I trust you, God. I trust that you're in control. I trust you because the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. And even though I walk through the valley, God is still God because the God of the good times is still God in the bad times. There's desperation at the end of yourself. And the woman with the issue of blood, she showed us that. Desperation for a move of God. Desperation for a touch of God. Desperation for a fresh anointing of God. Desperation for the presence of God. We need to remember that our circumstances and our challenges might just be to help us to get a little bit desperate for God and for a touch of God. And my question tonight is, does anyone in this church have a need that is so desperate that you are willing to get to the end of yourself? And my second question is, does anyone in this church have a desire to pursue God that is so powerful, you're willing to get to the end of yourself to seek after God, the end of whatever is holding you back, the end of whatever is pressing in and through so that you will get desperate for the presence of God, desperate enough to touch the hem of his garment. Jesus is here tonight and Jesus wants us to get to the end of ourselves, the end of our focus on ourselves, how we appear to others, and what we can and can't do and just to get desperate at the feet of Jesus. Get desperate like we're sick and there's no doctor. Get desperate like your child is hungry and there's no supermarket. Get desperate like Jesus is coming back soon and you're not ready. Get desperate like you cannot live without the anointing and the power of God. That's what we need to get a little bit desperate tonight. Desperate for God because we cannot live without his power. We cannot make it to heaven without a fresh anointing. It doesn't matter what kind of anointing we might have had in the past 20 years ago. We need a fresh anointing. We need to get to the end of whatever holds us back and let God's spirit and God's anointing flow all over us. We need to get desperate for God to touch us again. Desperate for a renewing in the Holy Ghost. We need to get desperate for God and get to the end of whatever it is that holds us back. Tonight we want to allow God to be God. I don't know what you're going through tonight, but God does. I don't know how you feel or what resources you have run out of, but God does. I don't know what you're trying to hold on to and control and not let go of, but God does. I don't know what stops you from getting to the end of yourself and laying your all on the altar, but God does. I don't know how much you yield or how hard you fight against God's will in your life, but God does. I don't know how to get you to the end of yourself, but God does. 
We need to abandon ourselves today into the hands of God because he's never going to fail us. He's never going to leave you hanging alone and broken. God won't do that to you. Trust is throwing in our last two mites. It's yielding. is saying, not my will, but yours be done. It is a crying out to God. I'm at the end of myself, but lead me, Lord, to the rock that is higher than I. We need to yield our all tonight on the altar. So I invite you to stand and I invite up the music team. It is time for us to get to the end of ourselves. God is giving us just one more opportunity to say, I need you, Lord. I need more of you, God, than what I already have. I need your power, God. I need your anointing. I need you to help me, God, get to the end of myself because I'm struggling so much to get there on my own. We need to get just a little bit desperate for a touch of God. If you are willing tonight to get to the end of yourself, then this altar is open. I invite you to come. If you are desperate for God, then you come because God is going to meet us here. If you are willing to cry out to God, my need for you, God, is greater than my fear. My need for you, God, is greater than whatever it is that holds me back. Then you come. This altar is open. If you don't have a relationship with God, if you don't know this God that we're talking about here tonight, then I invite you to come because God is going to be more than enough in your life. If you need to take a walk towards this altar and cry out to God, know that this will be the best thing you have ever done. This will be the best step that you have ever walked. You will never regret a decision to live for God. You will never regret a decision to walk in the ways of the Lord. (laughs) This God, he's the one we can hold on to whenever anyone else puts you down, whenever anyone else abandons you, God is going to be there. He will not forsake you. If you are willing to lay your all on the altar, then you come tonight and you cry out to God. I give you my all, God. Tonight's the night we can cry out. If you can use anyone, Lord, then use me. If you want to get to the end of yourself, then you come tonight to this altar. If you're willing to give God your all, then here you are tonight. Present yourself to God. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Here I am, God. Hallelujah. Almighty Savior, I encourage you tonight, get to the end of yourself. Don't hold anything.